Welcome to Nut News by Select Harvest USA, one of the world's largest producers of almonds. They're doing it all from growing and processing to packaging. See how they deliver the highest quality products at scale. Think we're a little nuts? Find out on Nut News. Hello, everyone. I'm Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and you're listening to another episode of Nut News. Thank you for listening in. And just so I can point you all in the right direction, if you would like to consume some more Select Harvest content, you should visit our website, or you can obviously find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So make sure you're subscribing and listening along for all the best in Nut News. So the market for almonds is consistently changing, whether it comes in the form of environmental changes, transit logistics, tech innovations, or consumer eating behavior. Luckily, Select Harvest has its roots deep in the industry. And so on today's episode, we're spending some time on the biggest industry-changing dynamics in the almond industry, understanding how they're driving innovation and how Select Harvest is leading that innovation. So to do that, I'd like to welcome Alan Burwell. He's the VP of Marketing and Innovation at Select Harvest USA. Alan, welcome to Nut News. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Daniel. How are you yourself? I am great. Thanks for asking. I'm looking forward to all the nut news scoops you've got for us today. Well, hopefully we'll have some exciting things to talk about. Yeah, it'll be good. So let's just do kind of an eagle eye perspective here to start off. Uh, when we talk about innovation in the almond industry, what does that really look like? What are we talking about? Is this technology innovation? Is this market innovation? Uh, is this you know dealing with environmental challenges in an innovative way? What's your kind of broad perspective on that? Well, Daniel, I think uh, it's a little bit of all of the above. Um, you know, Select Harvest, uh, we're uniquely positioned as a farmer, as a handler of almonds, as a supplier of almonds, and also as a um, producer of consumer um, almond products. So we have um, views all across the board. Um, and I think uh, innovation, new ideas, new technology um, are being implemented and are drivers of the industry um, across all those sectors. You know, I think one thing that, that really stands out to me is um, how how large um, of an increase we've seen in just almond production over the last 15, 20 years, even the last 10. Um, and you really kind of have to ask yourself, you know, hey, we're producing so many more almonds, where are all these almonds going? Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, it's really important to focus um, your attention when you ask that question on what's happening um, in the in the consumer segment, you know, um, are we actually eating that many more almonds? Um, and the answer is yes, we are. Um, and we're seeing almonds show up all across the consumer um, food landscape. Um, we're seeing them in confectionaries and, um, you know, in the almond flour. I'm using them in as as a, a wheat or a gluten um, alternative. We're seeing them in snacks. We're seeing snack bars or protein bars, health bars. I mean, almonds are very uniquely positioned as a very nutrient dense uh, ingredient in food um, and is really a, you know, part of that clean label plant based um, trends that we're seeing really across uh, the consumer food landscape. So, you know, yeah, we're seeing innovation across the board. But what really excites me is um, really the the growth in in the consumer market and and as a consumer myself uh, just the access to um, this wonderful um, ingredient across um, all the different um, food environments 
I agree from a consumer perspective. I mean, I have seen almonds as, you know, that extra added bonus ingredient become way more normalized and almost standard for a lot of healthy foods. And I think this leans into uh, the snacking trend that we've seen grow uh, at a consumer level. Uh, more people want that healthy snack and people are turning to almonds for that snack. Give us some inside industry insight on how you've seen the snacking trend grow and how is that affecting a company like Select Harvest and the almond industry as a whole? Well, you know, uh, a particular trend that we've seen um, grow in normalization and grow in adoption um, is the is the keto diet. Um, mm. and, and keto speaks very specifically to the qualities of of almonds. Um, you know, almonds are naturally, you know, positioned as a keto friendly food. They're very low um, in sugars and carbs. Uh, they're very high uh, in protein. And as people understand the, you know, broader health benefits of keto, we're seeing, you know, the that trend drive a lot of the innovation and new product development in the consumer space. And as an example we touched on earlier is, is the really explosion of these protein bars Nuts just in general are seeing high adoptions in this category, but uh, almonds specifically have really led the way. Um, and again, that's just because they're positioned as, as a food that is going to provide you the energy and the um, protein that you need without um, that, all that sugar and all that carbs that can really lead to um, you know, excessive weight gain, feeling the, the crash, the spikes. Um, and so, as people understand that uh, that can be managed throughout the day based on what you eat, and they're becoming more aware that uh, the keto diet in general is a way to approach that, um, we've seen the um, adoption of almonds um, as a core ingredient um, become more broadly accepted. And how do you see that actually affecting the industry? I mean, do, do you see that trend encouraging new players to want to enter the market, encouraging a company like Select Harvest to uh, expand its production or partner with uh, you know, new, um, new brands to try to bring almonds to them uh, more quickly? Or you know, try to break into a um, a market of, of of higher quality foods. How is that actually affecting the the business? Well, for us, um, we've seen growth in both the domestic and our export markets. But domestically, that is where you see um, the application of almonds into um, the different food categories. And for us, um, obviously, as an ingredient supplier, that that has helped drive growth. But it also has uh, highlighted some areas where we feel that we ourselves can bring some of that innovation to the space. You know, particularly in the snacking category. I mean, almonds—they're portable. Um, they they can go wherever you want them to. You can grab a couple. You can grab a lot, and they're very um, you know diverse in that regard. However, what we see in the snacking industry at the moment with almonds seems to kind of detract from that naturally holistic position of the almond as a healthy, nutritious, keto-friendly type um, of an ingredient. You see a lot of um, snacking 
foods out there that um, add a bunch of sugar. Maybe they're chocolate coated or glazed. Um, others might be um, really salty or mixed in with other things that um, you know maybe have extra sugar or are with ingredients that might be outside the purview of that really kind of nutritious um, snack that you're looking for. For us, we feel like um, some of the growth that you are going to see and some of the growth that we would like to bring the innovation to is within that snacking space where instead of adding things to the almond that sure are delicious and great, but are detracting from that core nutritional uh, benefit, we feel that there is space there to bring in a product that is also really delicious um, and is indulgent in a way that sugar might be, but isn't going to bring you those added calories, the added sugars, the added carbs that you might be trying to avoid for any number of different reasons, whether it's because you're keto friendly or you're diabetic and you're looking to uh, manage your um, glycemic index, or you're just trying to lose some weight or just want to be conscious about it in general. So we feel that that's where um, we're going to see the innovation and that's where we're focused moving into 2020 ourselves. And um, I would expect um, you to see um, some additional innovation there um, as time goes on. Being not only a VP of innovation, but also a VP of marketing means you get to take a lot of that innovation and that information, that insight, and channel it into an outward facing campaign to actually educate people on some of those stats and those issues. Um, but, you know, obviously get people invested in seeing almonds as that, uh, you know, either solution or added benefit to a diet or to a healthy snack or just, uh, you know, get them excited about all the applications. How have you approached your marketing strategy to communicate some of, uh, some of those consumer-focused innovations, um, especially ones based around diets and based around this kind of general trend towards let's eat healthier, let's have a healthier snack. How have you approached that marketing strategy? Well, I think uh, what you see in the market um, these days is you see um, a lot of it being driven by the uh, the younger cohorts, your millennials, your Gen Z. And these are consumers that are uh, very conscious about what you're putting into your body as um, someone who's consuming food or snacks or um, you know, our, our new innovative products. Um, so there's this um, growing awareness of clean label, plant-based, um, and an understanding of um, the correlation between uh, what you eat and your overall um, health. And so with this growing awareness, um, it's going to be important as marketers and as brand developers to make sure that um, you're speaking that language, that you're clear about what you have, um, and that you are developing products that, uh, that speak to this group. Um, this group is also very receptive of new ideas and innovation. Um, so this is um, definitely going to be the driver of tomorrow's products. These are going to be your early um, first adopters, and these are going to be the uh, consumers that are um, convincing the the other generations or the other consumers who aren't as privy um, to new ideas to explore and to try new things and to eventually adopt them um, themselves. And it's this later group that you don't want to completely ignore. Um, and this other group could be um, your um, your older generations or, you know, head of households that are longstanding households, um, people that might be a little bit more set in their ways, maybe some consumers that that have had some negative uh, reactions to, you know, products that were trying to trace fads for one reason or another. 
um, examples that come to mind are um, some products that, you know, where the early no sugar added or alternative artificial sweeteners, they left a lot of, I think, poor taste in consumers' mouths. And so I, I think the consumers that have had those uh, longstanding um, experiences are, are right to be a little bit wary and cautious about about those negative experiences. And so it's also going to be important for us as marketers, as we bring these new products to market, to make sure that we aren't alienating them as well. We want them to feel that um, they're getting a product that is rightfully indulgent and delicious. And we want to communicate that first and foremost, that's what the product is. And then, of course, if we can bring those added benefits to the consumer, where now they have options to manage their their calorie intake or their sugar intake or their carb intake in whatever form that's going to take from their perspective, that's where we're going to get the synergy and that's where we're going to get the true excitement with the new products. And we're really excited here as we're continuing to um, bring innovation um, through our pipeline. We feel like we're developing um, a line of products that really target both of those consumer segments um, in a way that's exciting and fresh and new and ultimately very delicious. All right, let's speak to some of the environmental changes that are affecting the industry and how you're innovating around those. So, uh, you know, the, the almond supply nationally and globally is very um, susceptible to changes in the environment, uh, whether that is, you know, broader in a kind of climate change level or whether it's at a smaller agricultural and just sort of managing of crops level. One little mistake, you know, can can often have a rippling effect on the industry. And so therefore, it's necessary to have some innovative approaches to keep supply high and in turn keep demand high. So what are some trends that you've seen on the ecological level affecting the almond supply? Uh, and how are you seeing the industry innovate around those? So I think it's first important to uh, recognize that California is the preeminent supplier, grower, producer of um, almonds globally. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have to admit that I'm not 100% up to date on my stats, but I think it'd be pretty safe to say that upwards of 80 plus percent um, of the world's supply comes from California. So when you talk about um, being susceptible to um, you know, climate change or droughts or frost during bloom. Um, the reality is, is yeah, that's um, that's a big risk when you're concentrated in um, a particular region. Right. That being said, I I, I will highlight the fact that uh, California itself is uh, it's very large um, and it has uh, very diverse microclimates in different regions within California. Um, they're all grown in the um, Central Valley, but you can have very different weather from the southern part to the northern part. So where one area might be dealing with um, drought, northern area might be dealing with frost um, or poor conditions in one area where you have strong conditions in another. And generally speaking, you know, you're seeing the, the balancing act between the two. Certain areas might be down, certain areas are off. So here at Select Harvest, um, recognizing that different areas present different risks, we attempt to mitigate that by having farms located throughout the entire part um, of the growing region in California from both the northern section to the southern section. And in that way, we spread our risk to certain climate issues that we might have in any given area. Sure. So, you know, we feel that we've done a pretty good job in that regard. But of course, we're talking about innovation. So where have we seen some innovation? We've seen it really across the board. We've seen it from um, understanding soil and water 
disbursement in our orchards um, where we can now implement um, very targeted micro-irrigation techniques so we can reduce the water that we're using um, by being much more highly effective in its application. So we can mitigate um, drought risks there and also be more environmentally responsible. Um, in certain regions, uh, we found ways to partner with, or the industry has found ways to partner with local irrigation uh, districts. Um, in some areas, I know the industry has um, implemented flooding of orchards, which might sound counter. It's like, well, that's not, you're using a lot of water, but what we're actually doing in those areas in conjunction with the uh, water district is actually doing some some recharge. So I know that that's, um, that's been a focus of the California Almond Board is learning mm -hmm. how to be better stewards and partners in those areas. And that's certainly things that we're seeing um, industry-wide. We're also um, seeing additional um, technology on um, farm management and farm equipment. And, you know, that's really exciting there. I have to admit that's not my specialty, but um, it's really exciting time. And for anyone who is really interested in what the industry is doing, um, I would always recommend visiting the uh, California Almond Board's uh, website. And uh, there's lots of ongoing research um, and projects that are dedicated to anything from pest management to water control to even dust management. Obviously, during um, harvest, it's dry, it's dusty, and that uh, has a quality of life uh, effect on all of us here uh, in the valley. Um, and so we're even exploring ways to mitigate and reduce that during harvest so that everyone here in the Central Valley has a better quality of life during harvest mm. time. So there's a lot of exciting things going on there. Um, and I would encourage anyone to um, to go and explore that further. Now, I'm glad you bring up quality of life for the people in the region because I, I actually wanted to transition over to the people that make this global California-based supply happen every year. The farmers that manage these almond orchards, how are you seeing them take some of these techniques like micro irrigation, like dust management, like just general crop logistics? How are you seeing them implement them at their small level? Uh, and are there any general standards that you're seeing the entire industry adapt? Uh, is it kind of a orchard to orchard dynamic where each orchard takes on the their own technologies or their own methodologies to match their needs? How are you seeing that addressed? Well, certainly there's uh, environmental uh, regulations and ordinances, right. um, and we're always uh, responsive and adaptive to that. As far as, you know, air pollution goes, just as an example, I have to admit that I don't know. Um, mm. I believe that it's it's not regulated. And so there's no, it, it's, it would be virtually impossible to measure that from a specific orchard standpoint. You know, it's not like we have a factory where we're burning fuel as an example, like and then we can measure that output. You know, when you're kicking up dust, there's no way to measure that. Um, however, there is an obvious um, correlation between how much dirt and debris that you're picking up as part of that process into, you know, how we would further process those nuts after harvest. And so a lot of the innovation that you're seeing is really around driving business efficiencies from picking the almonds up and into the facilities where we're going to clean them and shell them and into facilities where we can sort and further process. And by consequence, you have a lot of um, gains in dust management because dust, while it's getting kicked up in the air, is also being picked up as dirt and debris into, um, into your nuts. And so a lot of the technology to see 
um, there again is focusing on removing that and making sure that you pick up less of it so that you have less to worry about in your facilities. And then, of course, the uh, facilities themselves have implemented a lot of um, air quality um, equipment so that as we are processing this, again, that can be further dusty because you have the dirt that's come with the almonds. And we have implemented in our facilities some excellent technology um, where we are now, I mean, the facilities in the last couple of years have really cleaned up, I think is the point that I'm trying to make here. And the benefits here that we have from our um, employees' standpoints and the quality of their work environment is it's a lot cleaner. And that, you know, again, that that does translate to the, the broader communities as well. There's less air in our facilities or dirt in our facilities. That means there's less dirt um, getting kicked up into the air that can leak out into the um, the nearby areas. As production capabilities expand, as consumer trends expand, you know, there's clearly more eyes on the industry and more of a necessity to differentiate yourself as uh, a quality almond uh, provider. So when we look at Select Harvest, for example, in what ways are you trying to differentiate the actual quality of the product itself? Once it reaches those consumers or, you know, in your partnerships with broader brands to supply the almonds to them. And how is that representative of just broader ways that people in the industry are having to um, diversify themselves to stand out? So here at Select Harvest, we have been innovating since 1982. And by that, I mean, we have constantly looked at our capacities within our facilities and the needs of our consumers and understanding uh, what those needs are to try to get ahead of that to provide them additional value adds at each additional step. Our facility is full of state-of-the-art um, equipment. We have um, lasers and x-ray sorters. We have really minute metal detection capabilities. And all of that is built around producing a almond that is clean of any types of damage, is representative of um, our customers' needs, and ultimately can provide them the best experience to produce whatever they're producing. And of course, that translates to our flip side where we are producing consumer end products ourselves. And that's still a relatively minor part of what we do here at Select Harvest, but it's growing. And we've built the capacity to be very discerning and, select and selective in the types of almonds that we have in the grading of those almonds. And that can be anything from the uh, size of the almond to the variety to how it looks um, and it's not just about it being um, clean and free of foreign material of course it is and our facilities um, are also built around food safety um, we are an sqf rated facility at the highest level um, which that's just technical jargon for meaning that we're clean and we're adaptive and responsive to um, any type of food contaminant we're producing um, product that we know um, and was verified to be safe and ready to consume um, when it reaches the consumer. You know, we've built that capacity um, in our facility and we continue to look at um, where we can bring in additional equipment to enhance and to um, make sure we're providing that extra little value add to our to our customers. And we're very, very proud of it. You know, just anecdotally, I'll say when I came to this facility, uh, my first day 
got to walk through our plants and I was really impressed with um, just the scale, the types of equipment that we have and the true level of cleanliness in the facility. I mean, we're, we have an agricultural product. It's out of the field. It's naturally dirty and there's naturally occurring um, variations in it, but our ability to select um, and to clean it it's quite impressive for someone who probably even within the industry but certainly for someone who might like myself came from outside of the industry really blown away with what is in our plant and what it can actually do so alan we've spent some good time here speaking to the broader trends that are affecting the industry uh, and your thoughts on how the industry as a whole and also how select harvest uh, is approaching those just to give that last select harvest focused uh, insight here I, I think one of the biggest and longest lasting trends is going to be some of the consumer taste and consumer behavior that is driving almonds as an alternative food supply for many aspects of dietary needs. Uh, diets are, you know, fads to some degree. They will come and they will go. But I think some of the core learning lessons, for example, that almonds are an extremely flexible uh, food product and can be used in just about anything to add those nutrients is something that will probably remain in the public consciousness for a while. So, to address those, how is uh, you know, Select Harvest uniquely approaching those trends? Uh, and I know you are still relatively new to uh, Select Harvest yourself, but are bringing a really unique, fresh perspective as the VP of Marketing and Innovation. So feel free to shout yourself out a little bit and some of the unique perspectives that you think you're bringing to address those consumer trends. Well, yes. I mean, just to touch on almonds um, as as an ingredient, I mean, almonds have a long history in, in society. I mean, they um, have originated, I believe, out of the, the Fertile Crescent, you know, so they've been a part of the evolution of, of human society as, as well. I mean, it's uh, been something that we've cultivated for a long time. Obviously, here in California, not so ancient, but again, I think that's the highlight, the fact that, um, you know, we, we've long known the benefits and values of um, of almonds. And of course, here at Select Harvest, we're uniquely positioned um, as someone who can bring those almonds to our um, customers, whether that's someone who is making um, one of these new protein bars that have almonds or is um, putting it into a confectionery or even some that are putting it into chocolates. When we all enjoy chocolate-covered almond, we, we work with those people too. But of course, we have this uh, unique opportunity to um, really really capture the the imagination when it comes to what can we do with an almond that maintains that core quality of it as a protein-rich, nutrient-dense, low-sugar, low-carb type product. Because dieting is not, it's not just a trend. It's about a quality of life. It's about um, quality of health. And Sure, we're having an awakening moment right now as a society here in the U.S. about what that means and how that can affect us. But food is always a part of our culture and our society. And we want to make sure that we're part of that conversation. We're contributing to the broader food culture here um, in, in the U.S., of course, but also on a, on a global perspective. So, yes, I am new to the company and, and that's exciting for me to be a part of this um, evolution and to bring some of my insights and ideas. And I'm very thankful to have the opportunity to, uh, to do so. Um, and as part of that journey, 
Um, I'm getting the opportunity to bring new products. I'm not going to say too terribly much about what we're doing, but if uh, you're someone who uh, loves almonds um, and has also noticed that uh, perhaps those uh, almonds in the snacking world, if you're going outside of just the plain almond, um, kind of can detract or lead you to maybe ration what you're taking because there's a little extra calories, a little extra salt. I think you're you're going to be really excited to see what we have in the pipeline for you. So I'll encourage you to uh, to subscribe to our uh, podcast and uh, keep up with uh, what we're doing. We'll be um, a little bit more active on um, social media, our uh, Facebook page. Um, and Instagram pages are uh, are to follow soon. And if you're uh, someone who likes to uh, participate and get your information there, I would encourage you to uh, to find our assets and follow us so that you'll be in the know when uh, our new product's ready. And I'll tell you right now, it's very delicious. Alan, you're doing my outro work for me. I love it. <laughs> thank you. But Alan, yes, thank you so much for joining us again on Nut News and giving us an update here on innovations in the industry and how Select Harvest is leading the charge. But yes, like you said, we will be exploring many, many more concepts, uh, speaking to influential uh, thought leaders in the industry and getting a deeper insight onto uh, the changes in production, changes in uh, agricultural technology and changes in consumer behavior as we continue on with Nut News in 2020. So again, we've been speaking with Alan Burwell, VP of Marketing and Innovation at Select Harvest USA. Alan, thanks for your time. Daniel, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Nut News. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to selectharvestusa.com. Again, selectharvestusa.com. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. 